Welcome to Coast to Coast Podcast. So glad you joined in. And I hope the previous episodes have been an encouragement. If you haven't listened in, go back to the beginning, start there. I know you'll be encouraged. As we put this podcast together, myself and my co-host, Levi Terrell, I thought it'd be good that uh, you get to know who we are. For sure. Some of them, some folks might not even know who we are. So uh, I thought, hey, I'll start with Brother Levi Terrell. This season, next season, he does the grilling. I mean, does the questions. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, and uh, so I've known Brother Levi, I think you were one or two. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah for sure. It was a long time ago. Uh, stayed in their basement, their family's basement, when I was attending New Testament Baptist Church, church he grew up in, yep. in Hamilton. Yeah. You'll hear reference to that in the podcast. I was attending Bible college at the same time. I was there helping out in the ministry and things. And his parents were very gracious to let me stay in the basement. Yeah, Friday nights. I remember one of my kind of my core early memories was I was allowed to stay up Friday night until you got there after school. You'd come yeah. on late Friday nights, and I was able to stay up. And uh, we'd hang out. I think we'd do like pillow fights yes. and hang out in the basement and stuff like that. So we, we've known each other literally my entire life. And so yeah. uh, we talked a little bit about that in the episode. But um, no, it, it was cool kind of sit down and talk with you. And uh, I'm thankful for the friendship and the, the relationship we've had over the last 24 years, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so. it's, it's crazy how long that's been already. But uh, I definitely do appreciate your desire to serve the Lord as well. And you'll hear that in the podcast uh, Brother Levi has a real passion for younger generation. He has a passion for ministry in period. Uh, has been faithfully serving here. How long have you been here now, Bible Baptist? Uh, four years. Wow, yeah. four years already. And uh, your pastor is Johnny Yeomans. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm serving under him. And uh, I'm definitely excited about what the Lord has in store uh, mm. for you guys in the ministry here and in the future, what the Lord, the Lord might lead you to. Uh, but it is encouraging to me to see younger men wanting to serve the Lord. That's always encouraging. And we need to see so much more in our day and age. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. Listen in and uh, thanks for subscribing to our uh, podcast. And hey, and, and tell someone else to check us out. I Absol think it'll be encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Share it with your friends and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, you probably won't get the wisdom of a Pastor Connor, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> hope you like it anyways. Yeah. Thanks again for listening and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time on the Coast to Coast podcast. All right. So good to be here for another day on planet Earth. <laughs> Uh, so glad to have Levi in my office today. Drove down from St. Thomas. Yeah. Good weather. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was a good drive. No problems. For October. Yeah, that's right. October. All right. Well, uh, we're continuing with our people telling us our stories. And uh, we're. I'm so excited to have you for, first of all, Levi, in my office, having the chat. And we've asked everybody these similar type questions. And then as we go along, we'll you know dive into some ministry questions. Sure. But, Right off the hop, where are you from? Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. Grew up right here in Ontario. Um, born and raised in Hamilton. I grew up at uh, New Testament Baptist Church. Yes. Uh, so pretty much most of my family is still based out of Hamilton, still there at the church. And so uh, that's where I'm from. Grew up there, was was there at the church in, in Hamilton all the way until I left for, for college at, I don't know, 17, I guess, 17, 18. So, wow. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Hamilton boy. Steel City. Steel City. And I like it still. I like <laughs> Hamilton. A lot of people don't like it. They have some bad things to say about it, but I, I like my hometown. Yeah, Tiger Cats <laughs> that's right. uh, fan. Eat them raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a Steel City boy there. For sure. <laughs> that's for sure. For sure. And actually... Just for clarity's sake, too, I lived in his basement. Well, yep. not his house. <laughs> his <laughs> no. parents' house. Yeah. When I was in Bible college, I guess it was 98, 99. 
Uh, I used to go down New Testament to help out with ministry and things, yeah. and uh, I get the privilege to sleep in their basement yeah. on the weekends. My mom used to let me stay up late on Friday nights when you're coming on. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I could he, see you. he was a little bit smaller yeah. then, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, lots of history, great family. I really do appreciate. It. They've been a huge blessing to me and my family over the years. Mm. Uh, so you're born there, you're raised there. You never you know, went too far away from the fold, and right. such in that area. So. You went to New Testament Baptist Church. How, what kind of led you? What was going on in your life that you would make a decision for Christ? Like, what was the situation for salvation? Sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I grew up at church and went with a family who was super involved in church. So I knew the gospel, knew about the gospel, grew up around the Bible, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah. Um, I did always struggle with assurance of my salvation, which I think a lot of kids who grow up in a, mm-hmm. a Christian home do. Yeah. Oftentimes, when you don't see that, radical change. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you sort of struggle with uh, your salvation, the decision of not always seeing the fruits of repentance. You yeah. know, I sing that song, like the things I used to do. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I still sort of do those things. <laughs> <laughs> and as you get towards your teenage years, you're like, I think I'm getting worse. <laughs> um, so I did struggle with my salvation, but I, I nailed that down actually at Camp Yes, which was a huge okay. part of my story, my childhood, my teenage years. A lot of decisions were made for Christ there. So it was mm. actually... Uh, the day before my 15th birthday okay. uh, at Camp Yes is when I settled that. Oh, great. And so um, I can I remember the spot and that kind of thing. But um, And so that's when I really got assurance of my salvation when I made it personal. And so uh, that's, I really, I guess I kind of got saved at five, but I really nailed it down right. uh, at, at 14, kind of heading into my teenage years. So back in those teenage years, this kind of popped in my head as we're talking. What was like the influences in your life i mean it was a kind of a different time than now not like sure. super long ago but it was different yeah um like friends family was there any kind of influence f- kind of moving you along for christ hmm. like h- how do you feel that was in your life huh that's a good question um i i say this a lot now like i credit a lot of where i'm in life my life to a praying mom Okay. Yeah, I had a mom who prayed for me. I'm, yeah. I'm the youngest of four, and I'm yeah. the only boy. So my mom kind of very much and told me this not not maybe when I was a young child, but kind of treated me like her her Samuel. Like she mm. prayed for a son and yeah. and wanted um, to give me back to God in that way. So uh, mm. I, I really count a lot of where I'm at to a, to a praying mom for right. sure. That's and great. Also, my church. Obviously, yeah. you were super involved in the church. Uh, Pastor McLean is a mm-hmm. huge influence in my life. And um, another thing that he he did a lot as a pastor was he would he has a heart like if you know him at all mm-hmm. you know his heart is missions yeah yeah and so he always had missionaries coming into church all yeah. the time and they'd be speaking and a lot of times they'd be eating lunch at our house or we'd mm-hmm. be around them so I felt like and then obviously with with camp yes too a lot of the speakers would come uh, to camp for the summer and then on the weekends we'd come back to our church and we get yeah. to know them. Yeah. And so I felt like there was constantly through the church influences of, you know, seeing young church planners or missionaries Mm. come through the church on deputation or on furlough or coming to speak at camp. And so I felt like I was constantly, um, you know, confronted with the need, whether it be in Canada, around the world. And so those were some of the big influences in my life, I think. Yeah, well, and it all plays a part. I mean, from the passing pastor to the missionary really made an impact. Yeah. And obviously, a praying mom is massive. So mm-hmm. that means just, just an encouragement to all our moms. Yeah. You know, keep praying for our, our children. Absolutely. So you, you get saved. You get that, uh, you know, settle down. It's pegged down. So what then, from there, led you to the ministry? Was there, uh, you know, I guess the missionaries would have inflicted, uh, you right. know, made some impact on your life. Uh, but kind of run us through that. Yeah. My, my call to ministry 
was the same summer. Okay. A week later, after really? I settled my salvation, it, it almost—it's not the same decision, but I almost look at it as the mm. same decision. Like it was when I settled my salvation within a, a couple of weeks at camp, I felt very strongly that God was calling me yeah. uh, to ministry. Um, so that was just after my 15th birthday. I just turned 15. Right. Uh, so yeah, I remember that vividly. Uh, again, it was at a camp yes service when I felt like God was was calling me. And then it was that next year, actually, at a youth conference in Barrie, where I felt like God was leading me towards ministry in Canada specifically. Okay. Yeah. So I remember coming home from camp and telling my parents. I was so nervous to tell them because I felt like <laughs> once I told somebody, then it was real. You yeah, know? yeah. Like I knew what God had done in my heart. But yeah. uh, once you tell someone about it, you're accountable to it. Yeah. Right? So I remember, you know, fighting that, but coming home and telling my parents kind of what God had done and then meeting with my pastor about that, too. So that was sort of. Uh, the start of that, that's when I felt God was calling me to ministry was hmm. uh, was at 15. And, and honestly, um, I never really struggled with that decision Really, from that point on. I, I didn't necessarily know where that was going to lead me right. or what that would look like, but I never really struggled with that the calling to the ministry call. from that and, point And on. making that commitment, it wasn't like, oh, why did I do that? Uh, I mean... You have your moments. Yeah. yeah, you have your moments, I think. But <laughs> yeah. I always knew, like, if I was honest with myself, I yeah. knew this is, I know this is what God has for me. Yeah. And, and with knowing brings a lot of security, doesn't it? Huge, huge. Yeah. yeah. I've always felt that way. And I feel very blessed. Like, another part of my story is that God brought my wife, my now wife, mm. Aloma, into my life, like, around that same time. And I, maybe foolishly, but had a real like confidence from a young age, like, no, this is who God has for me. Mm. And so I feel very blessed to have walked through some of those really hard stages of life, teenage years, college years, with really a sense of clarity about who I am, who I'm supposed to do life with, yeah. and what God has for me. Again, not all of the pieces of the puzzle were were clear from no. 14, yeah. um, but a couple of those big pieces were, and yeah. that, that was huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. Huge, yeah. Rather than uh, being tossed about with every kind of, thing that could be out there you mm-hmm. you had clarity of like okay i know i need to do this yeah so and yeah and it does show maturity too because you're sticking at it so that's wonderful that's a great testimony so you met your wife uh going to camp yeah, i guess camp, yeah camp, camp was huge for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> save called the ministry met my wife yeah it's, a, yeah it's a special place can you imagine life without camp <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely so that that's that's your story, uh, and you went off to Bible College for a couple of years. Yes, yeah. Uh, Aloma and I both went to West Coast Baptist College, so uh, we went and finished our degrees there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. And uh, when did you graduate? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. You're finished, all done. You're you know you're coming back to Canada. Where do you yeah. end up? Okay, so that's that's another part of the story, I guess. When I was praying about where to go to Bible College, like I really didn't. Mm. I didn't know much right. about any schools or anything. So I talked to Pastor McLean, my pastor, and he had given me kind of some suggestions. And And then I had talked to some other pastors who knew more about those schools specifically. And so he said, hey, you should talk to uh, Pastor Stone about West Coast. He's sent his his kids there. Mm. Uh, he's He's been out there more. And so... Um, I called Pastor Stone. He was a friend of the family. Yep. Um, it was under his preaching when I felt called to Canada. Okay. Uh, him and my mom went to Bible college together. Oh, so we wow. kind of knew each other for a long time too. So I called him and I said, hey, I got some questions about Bible college, about West Coast specifically. So he said, yeah, come up and see me. So I drove up there my last year of high school. I drove up there to St. Thomas on uh, on my March break. Okay. And met with him and talked to him about West Coast. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, you know, what are you doing this summer? 
I was just working, saving up for, for college. Yeah. And he said, well, why don't you come and before the summer before school, why don't you come and, and work with us at yeah. the church? So I came up and I worked there just kind of part-time for, for four weeks. Okay. And then the next summer I came back for six weeks and the next summer back for eight weeks. And then wow. the, the then after I graduated, I, I moved to St. Thomas. So that's kind of how that story wow. began that through through just internships and my relationship with Pastor Stone, yeah. um, began to kind of get to know the church and the ministry there. Yeah. And uh, that's how I felt God opened that door and, and kind of led me to, to hmm. St. Thomas. So. so graduate, move on back to Canada, and St. Thomas is where you, you're ministering. Mm-hmm. Still there now. Still there, yeah. Yeah, we've been there just, I guess, I didn't go until September after I graduated, so September was four years. Four years. In St. Thomas. Wow. Yeah. And, and what kind of ministries are you involved with there? Yeah, so when I first started, I, uh, I was working with the youth. Okay. Uh, so took over the youth ministry from Pastor Holland, and I was kind of part-time with the church working with the youth. And then just in January, um, we were able to come on full-time staff. So I work with the youth, uh, the young adult ministry, and I help with our, our website, social media, mm. things like that, and as well with uh, some of the music as well. So wow. those are kind of the main... Some technical, some uh, hands-on. Yeah. You're, you're kind of jack-of-all-trades uh, there. Master of none, yeah. <laughs> I got to stop for a second just so you mentioned something about taking over Pastor Holland. And, and for guys who might not know who are listening or anybody who's listening, you might not know that Pastor Holland's been there a long time. Yeah. And 25 years in the youth ministry. Yeah. yeah. So that must have been a pretty big change for you. Like, did you feel intimidated with that? Hugely so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But. The thing is, and again, if someone knows Pastor Holland, you know what a gracious yes. guy he was. And so yeah. the key for us and for me taking over from, from him was our relationship. Mm-hmm. We have such a great relationship. I tell people wherever I go, uh, and oh, he's a little older than me, but I said, oh, that's my best friend. And, yeah. I, I'm, and as far as my friends in ministry, I, I, I mean that. Like yeah. I love Pastor Holland, and uh, he's been such a friend and a mentor to me. And so yeah. I never... I always felt like he loved us and supported our ministry and was excited about what we were doing. And yeah. I, I never felt afraid to ask him for help or questions. Wow. He was so supportive and stuff. So he was really the the thing that helped in right. that, that transition. He right. was so gracious. And, you know, he, he was ready uh, to, to pass the, the torch. <laughs> um, yeah. But he was also not like hands off right you know and he's still great like just last week my wife and i were away yeah and uh he stepped in and, and you know he's still involved and loves the teenagers loves the ministry and so yeah it's such, such a support to our ministry now right. so yeah i just yeah. i credit that to yeah. to pastor holland for sure Yeah, because it no matter where you go when it, there's transitions that take place all the time in ministry yeah and the reality of that you can have the guy who've been there for so many years kind of for lack of a better word, hold your hand through that transition. 100%. It is so, it gives you credibility. It's a testament to Brother Holland as well. We'll get to have him on the show sometime. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a big part of ministry that sometimes we don't talk about mm-hmm. because it's so important for the continuance of our ministries effectively. Yeah. So, and that was something that was totally new to me because I grew up at one church. Yeah, with one pastor. Yeah. Who had been and, and is so faithful, was so faithful. Yeah. And so I never really, had walked through anything like that yeah. before. You know, that was totally new to me. Until we went to school, I'd never been to another church, never had a different pastor. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of lots of big transitions. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, Pastor, the, the staff was awesome. Pastor Stone, Pastor mm-hmm. Holland, Pastor Yeomans were, were so, so helpful right. to, to us. Yeah, and it's so important. And it's, again, an aspect that we need to talk about some more amongst ourselves, how we make that transition the best from the senior pastor to the youth worker, because they're all important, mm-hmm. every part of it. So you... You take over there, uh, you know, help with the teenagers and things. And then another transition takes place in your ministry too, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, yeah, a year, 
I guess it was about a year and a year and a half after we uh, came on staff there. Um, yeah, Pastor Stone transitioned from out of the senior pastoral role and Pastor Yeowens came into the senior pastor role. So yeah. and then a year after that, we had COVID. So it's been... <laughs> Transition city. Yeah, it's been crazy. We, <laughs> we don't really know what uh, a normal year feels yeah, like. Yeah, what's normal anyway. Yeah. But uh, it's just, again, it's part of life though. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it does stretch us. It is. And it's, I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm not an expert, but it's been good for me as a younger guy to have older more wiser people mm. in my life because naturally I like change. Yeah. You know, that's my personality. I'm a younger guy. I look at, you know, the excitement of change and all those sort of things. But you know, Pastor Stone, Pastor Holland, Pastor Yeowens have been, I think, really good and really wise about uh, change and, and transition and, and timelines and all those kinds of things. I think uh, I've learned a lot from them yeah. about, about that. So. Yeah. And the reality is no one's really an expert. No. Because it's every place is unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just take the principles you have, get godly wisdom, and you move forward for the Lord, and you obviously pray about things. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned a few moments ago, too, about how uh, Pastor Holland had been a big a big mentor in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, as Brother Levi has already indicated, I mean, I lived at his house and things. I've known him for a long time. And yeah. a couple of years ago, totally by accident... Um, we had to be, happened to be in Muskoka at the same time. Yeah. I don't know who reached out to who first, but anyway, <laughs> to the jigs and the reels, I wasn't a kilometer away from you no, where yeah. you guys were hanging out and uh, you invited me over for a campfire and all his family were there. We had a great time. The s'mores were fabulous, but, uh, <laughs> we started talking about life ministry. And one of the questions that came up, uh, as we were just chatting again, monks, friends, family, yeah. um, like what about the men- mentorship? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I view it and how do you, and I'm really interested in your view of it because you're on the other side of the mentorship than I would be. Right. I, I'm looking to invest in people's lives mm-hmm. where, and you're on the side of, I need more investment to help more people. So from your generation, how do you view that, the value or how does it look to you, mentorship? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to me, I think when I think of mentorship, I think of relationship mm-hmm. and I I think um, I've been so blessed to have some pastors and some godly men who have built relationships with me and allowed mm. me to build relationships with them. Yeah. Um, again, I talked about Pastor McLean and having a relationship with him for so long. And then when I got to know Pastor Stone and, and started to intern at the church and Pastor Hall and Pastor Yeomans, uh, these were guys who just were real and just allowed me to be a part of their lives, mm. a part of their ministry. Like I vividly remember Pastor Stone telling me, my first summer at the church, he said, there's no part of this ministry that I won't allow you to be a part of if you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously there are some things you don't, you don't just tell a 17-year-old kid. But I understand <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But he allowed me to be involved and ask questions, and he welcomed me into his home. Pastor Stone and Ruthie did. And um, yeah. they just, like, I literally, I lived with them. Like, they're like, like, like parents to me, you know, right. in many ways. And so... They loved me. They made that clear. They allowed me to be a part of their family, a part of their ministry. They yeah. invested time and effort and love in me. Yeah. And so because of that, they're people that I value as mentors because they haven't just shown me what to do or told me what to do, but they've shown that they care about me mm. and they care about my wife and our family and our future mm. ministry. And so right. for me, that has been huge. Um, there are people that allow me to ask hard questions yeah. and don't think differently of me because of sometimes my hard questions you know they're not afraid to tell me the truth um they're also not afraid for me to challenge them on some things and so for for me it's just it's just the relationship they've so built into me like a paul and a timothy kind Mm. of thing and it's so key because the 
you know, the ministry of Christianity doesn't move forward without those types of relationships. Like you look at Second Timothy 2, you know, the things that you've learned from others, you invest in the next generation. And so when I think about mentorship, I just think about building relationships. Mm. And I do think a lot of, I mean, to go back to my teenage years, I was looking for people to have relationships with right. you know yeah and sometimes it can it can be intimidating and i think sometimes the onus has to be on the old gen- generation at first to to show that they're open to that yeah you know obviously yeah. it's got to be a two-way street and, and young people have to look for that and, and to respect it and mm-hmm. but um i think sometimes they're just kind of don't know what the first step to take is right. and so i had some people in my life who just were open to me and kind of reached out to me and said, mm-hmm. you know, if you need anything, we're here. And and, yep. and when I did have questions, when I did need them, I knew where to turn. Right. Yeah. You weren't in the dark. No. You knew, hey, I got a question about this ministry. I don't know. I don't know about ministry. I need some. Oh, I have someone mm-hmm. that I can talk to. So the book knowledge is critical in mentorship, but without it, it's just book knowledge. For sure. Without that relationship part. For sure. You know, I know Brother Stone very well. He could have told you all the things you need to know. Yeah. But if there wasn't that same relationship as you've described very vividly for totally. us, the mentorship would not have been as successful. Mm-mm. You know. Uh, so I think that's a really good thing to think about for the younger generation. Who who can I kind of look towards? But at the same time, for us who've been in ministry a little bit longer, uh, hey, who who can I look to? To hey, send a note of encouragement to say, hey, I'm here to help you any way I can. Yeah. Maybe go for a donut or a coffee or whatever. Go for breakfast, whatever the case is, just to make that connection. Say, hey, I, I want to. If I can be a help, yeah, I, I don't want to be a boss, right? I want to be your friend, and I want to help you go through ministry with you as best I can, even from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we we uh, don't understand the value of that. Hey. I'm praying for you, mm-hmm. you know, and it could come at just the right moment. Like I, I appreciate the prayer, but can you help me with this question sure. too? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's part of members mentorship. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the world we live in today too, like if I want to listen to someone's messages, I can listen to anybody's messages. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I can be impacted by people's ministry from far, far away. We've yeah. seen that in COVID, right? Yeah. What I can't, what I can't learn from, you know, someone huge mega church pastor what i can't is i can't go for coffee with him yeah you know and he can't ask me about you know yep. my relationship with my wife and i can't ask him how to counsel and i i can't i don't have that access to him that's right and so to to just show people that you're available um because obviously like you know your your local church pastor like he's probably not the world's best preacher or the world's best counselor or whatever right but I, like from my perspective i wasn't necessarily looking for that yeah. i was looking for someone to be available right um someone to talk to someone to be my friend someone to who i knew loved me and had my best interest at yeah. heart um so and that's something all of us can do yeah that's absolutely right i'm not the greatest preacher and no one who's listening is the greatest preacher of all time no, yeah. <laughs> but the reality is we all can influence someone for Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know in our own ministries we're doing that. But hey, as a body of, of brothers who are, you know, ministering to churches, we can reach out for sure. And uh, it's a really valid point that you brought up about just sitting down with a coffee. Um, we live, we're dealing with masks, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, we, we know we in ministry we deal with people who are, have their mask on, and that we use that in the sense of you know emotions or masking their emotions or right. whatever, but. The face-to-face, we give total communication. Right. Right now, we're totally communicating. I can see your face. Right. I can see how you're reacting to questions and things. And that is so vital because we can 
as pastors, we can hide. Sure. We know. And I think that's key too, because I had some people who were real and allowed me to see that like pastors are real people. Yeah. And as someone going into ministry, I think as teenagers, sometimes we look at, I don't know, maybe this is, I'm just speaking for myself, but sometimes I kind of looked at it as this divide between where I'm at and where pastor's at, mm. you know? And, oh, that's a missionary. Mm. <laughs> that's a pastor. Yeah. And then you step into some some sort of role of ministry and you're like, man, <laughs> I know nothing, you know? <laughs> and I, not that we just have to tell everyone we don't know anything, but yeah. being real and allowing people to see that you're like a normal, regular person. Yeah. And that was something that really, really, really I, I loved and learned from all the pastors in my life, but but mm. I would say specifically from from Pastor Sean and Ruthie. Yeah. Because I, I literally lived in their home. Yeah. And they treated me like their son and I was, you know, good friends with their son. And so I just yeah. kinda got to see him as a guy who loved the Lord and was yep. a pastor and, you know, lived his faith. Like, you know, and did share his faith with people he came in, in contact with and, and mm. showed me what it looks like to to live as a pastor, not just the Sunday morning ministry aspect yeah. of a pastor. I got to know him Monday through Friday. Yeah. And that was huge for me. Yeah. And, and that's another great point. Um, both of us come from families where our dads were not pastors. No. Like the Lord called us and praise the Lord for it. But mm-hmm. there is some aspects where like, what, how, how do we do this? Yeah. You know, I know it's a long time ago for me now, but that's a really valid point. What's Monday to Friday like? Yeah. We understand Saturday and Sunday you're getting ready for church or sure. you're at church. We get that. Mm-hmm. But that's a really good point. A really, and just, again, shows the value of that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as pastors, if, if we've been in it for a season, we can kind of forget because we get so busy with other things. But just as we get the opportunity to pour our life into other guys who are looking to be in the ministry, it's huge. Yeah, it's absolutely. massive. So, you know, that mem- mentorship was so great as a young person. You know, and we've talked lots of times, Levi, about our generation that's coming behind us. Mm -hmm. We need leaders in our churches, senior pastors down the road, youth leaders, what, and so many different areas. Like what, what can we do? And I'm assuming that someone who's listening today is in a ministry that got some young people who are kind of considering it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know the ministry is a calling. I understand that. Right. But you you can see it as a pastor, Mm -hmm. youth worker. You can see that that young person God could use. Right. How do we, how do we, we're not pushing because then it's not theirs. Sure. But how do we encourage them to make, take that step? One of the best things that, that my pastor did for me when I felt called to ministry was allow me to have opportunities to minister. Mm. Like, and I'm looking back, like I'm, I am thankful and amazed at some of the opportunities he, he gave me <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But but I'm so so grateful for them. Like I I was I went to his office and said, Pastor, I think I you know wants me to preach. Mm. He's like, All right then, you should preach. Like Sunday night in six weeks, you're gonna preach. You yeah. know, and it was scary, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I spoke for seven minutes. But he allowed me to have those opportunities, and yeah, and our youth group did like uh we would have like these teen teen services or teen mm. takeover services or whatever it yeah. might be, and we they allowed us to have opportunities to serve. Yeah, but they also and I, I praise the Lord for this too. We were in a church that celebrated that. Mm. Like I'm sure looking back, if we were to, this was, you know, this is pre live stream days <laughs> for us anyways. <laughs> looking back, if we were to watch, you know, some of the messages we preached or the songs that we sang, like it's not pretty. And it, we, I get to with the friends I grew up with, like we laugh our yeah. heads off at some of the stuff we did. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure it was not pretty, but we had a church that, that supported it and loved it and looked mm. forward to that. And, 
they set us up for positive experiences in ministry. Yeah. Like we didn't look at it like, man, we haven't, at least I didn't, mm-hmm. we have another one of those. And you know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a fool of myself and people yeah. are going to make fun of me. Like well, the church, we felt as teenagers, the church loved it and loved to see us serving and we're yeah. supportive of our ministry. And so the pastor and the church kind of set us up for a positive experience yeah. in ministry. And so we saw the the benefits, the excitement of serving the Lord. Mm. We had opportunities to, to be successful in serving God. Yeah. Um, Again, not being pressured into something where it's like, you know, I wasn't prepared and I bombed and now I, I never want to do that again. Yeah. That's not the experience I had. And so yeah. I guess I would just say, you know, creating spaces for young people to minister and setting them up for success to see, you know, yeah. the joy that serving other people can be and mm. serving God can be, yeah. uh, I think is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as you thought, talked about that, I can, I can say it from the perspective of a senior pastor that when those teenagers get up there, I'm more scared than when I preach. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> because you want them to do well. You want them to have a positive experience. And, you know, and we've done it in our church, the same thing that happened in yours. Yeah. And, you know, myself or Pastor Matt will sit down with them and, you know, what's their notes? What's that? We just want to help you to do the very best. Sure. But, I, I mean, I know the last one we did before COVID, we had that situation. And, I mean, my, my, I mean, I was about ready to choke. I was so afraid for them sure. because I know they put so much time to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Lord, help them to do a good job. But again, it, that causes excitement mm-hmm. uh, for those young people. And, you know, that influence uh, for the church to say, yes, we we, we think this is great. Right. It's, it really is something that we don't think about very much mm-hmm. or give value to as it should get value. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's so important to see people in ministry who love their life, love their family, and love the ministry. Mm. Like, as a young person, there was pastors that I, you know, saw from a distance where I thought, like, he doesn't seem very happy, you know? And I understand <laughs> there's seasons of life that are difficult. Like, I yeah. get that. Yeah. And I understand that more now probably on that I'm on this side of the equation a little bit, you know? Yeah. But seeing people who loved the Lord, loved their family, and loved what they did, love what God, like, allowed them to do, love the church, love people, um to me makes that attractive. Like mm. I, as a young person, if you're looking, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What does God want me to do with my life? Like if all you see around you is people who are complaining or miserable or yeah. unhappy in the calling that God has for them, it's not a very attractive calling. I understand God has to do a work in their heart. I get all yeah. of that, but um, celebrating the ministry and, you know, being content and joyful in, yeah. in the season that God has for us, I think is huge. Yeah. And as from a pastor's perspective, we preach, have a good attitude, be sure. joyful. Yeah. So it, it's uh, important for us as pastors to be joyful mm-hmm. uh, and, and to demonstrate to the folks that, hey, I'm thankful that where I am, that mm-hmm. I get to be the pastor here. And it's by God's grace. Absolutely. You know, and then that helps that younger generation to see, oh, okay, well, Pastor has, I mean, I, I know, we all have those seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I might spill coffee on the way up to the pulpit or whatever, you know, we all have those times. Sure. Uh, but it was so important to show that that spirit of gratitude. Mm-hmm. It makes a big impact. It did for me, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we have so much work to do. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be encouraging uh, the next generation. And some of these that we see, and we're human, we might think that's God's calling and it's not God's calling. But we just need to encourage that spirit of serving. Right. Because they might not go off to be a pastor, but they'll be in our church. Yeah, and absolutely. That's that's just it. Like, it's always good to have experience serving. Right? Yes. It's all for, for the church, for the people. You know, God's called all of us to serve and given us the local church to serve others and, mm. and to serve through. And so 
I mean, a lot of the friends that I grew up doing these ministries with did not go into full-time ministry, weren't called in full-time ministry, but, you know, have used the experiences they've had to be a huge blessing to their church now as, you know, young married couples and yes. young adults. And and so it's it was huge for all of us, no matter where, you know, it kind of ended up for us in life. It, yeah. it, those were, again, we look back and we laugh, we have some funny stories, but I know that if we were honest, those would be really, really impactful things for mm. all of us. And I think the church is benefiting from from that, you know, years to come. Yes, I agree. That, that seeing that real, and again, good and bad, let's be honest. Sure. But just seeing it and say, hey, yeah, the pastor's leading as best he can. We see the real heart. Uh, and in, that mentorship is so important to help yeah. us go forward. And just not, again, for ministry leaders, but for all lay leaders, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so, so important. Well, I really do appreciate your time coming out and hanging out with me yeah, it's, it's uh, for fun. a while. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> and Brother Levi is helping with our podcast that we're putting together. He is definitely the technical edge. <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll look to hear from him, interview someone in our next season as well. But uh, we just we just want to be a blessing and encouragement. That's the whole idea behind these podcasts. And please do reach out to us. We want to be a help to you and mm-hmm. encourage you. And our stories are important. God's given us the lives. Let's tell our story. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely. And it doesn't matter where you live. For sure. And it doesn't matter your age. God has given each other and every one of us a story. And so let's be busy telling it. Awesome. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Take right. care. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome.